Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor who played the role of Commander Ellis Ward in the 2002 Outer Limits episode, The Human Factor, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Wow. I've been watching Listen. Downton Abbey, so that's... Oh, what... <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah. I was I'm... going with Ryan Reynolds and Spirited when he sings okay, the... Uh, Good that's afternoon. Yeah. Good afternoon. I love Good that afternoon. song. Yes. Yeah. I finally saw it, by the way. Oh, so funny. It is so funny. So funny. For those of you who yeah. haven't seen it, this is a movie with Ryan Reynolds and... Who's the other lead? Will um, Ferrell. Will Ferrell. And it's the modern day... Well, it's another interpretation of the Dickens uh, Christmas story. Yeah basically christmas carol right so yeah yeah uh very very funny my gosh yeah. you were right this yeah. is going to be a favorite for yours it's, it's uh, going to be a regular coming. it's going to be a holiday tradition for sure i love it you know what's interesting because like last <laughs> episode we did um we had talked about that was your last credit but yet this one popped up right after the la uh, the prior one so my question to you is this is one? this indeed the final final one or... i feel like i did this before Voyager ended. Weird. I, I feel like for sure I must have done this before Voyager ended. Yeah. Okay. Like during it, a hiatus. It, it, it was says, another situation during a hiatus. Maybe it didn't yeah, come out for a couple that, of years. Maybe they kept it in the can. It was in the can yeah. sitting there waiting. And finally they mm -hmm. released it in 2002. But that's how where it credits for 2002. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think okay. I did it. I think I must have done. I don't know when I did it. I don't. I've, you were you were starting the credit and you were like played the role of Ellis somebody Commander and Ellis was, Ward Commander. and I was yeah. like I did who was that talking you have no clue you have you have no memory of this it was it was a weird episode it was one of those bottle shows where but what was uh, it was the outer limits not the Twilight outer limits you right. did Twilight Zone early in your career and then I you did. Can, you end you bookend your, your oh, career wow. you start with yeah. Twilight and you end with, end outer, with limits, outer limits that's essentially well, which outer are limits two amazing was, shows by the way yeah. so yeah. outer limits was an anthology show I think on Showtime okay back then so it was on a, one of the um, cable networks yeah it was on yeah. one of the cable networks and they, it was an anthology show. They had had a lot of famous people do Outer Limits, nice. cool stories. And then they called me and they said, well, this is an unusual one for us because it's kind of our bottle show. We're going to shoot the whole thing in two, three days. Wow. Maybe two days. Oh, my gosh. And, and what we're going to do is we've set up a story where you, it's just you and a robot, an android, like Data or something. Oh my goodness. And you're on a moon base or some some colony, space colony. Mm -hmm. And the android has been killing all of the humans because he thinks they're a danger. And you're trying to convince him not to kill all the humans. So you're playing a game of chess and talking about why uh, you know humans humans should, need to be saved. Need to be saved. Mm -hmm. And he's destroying this moon call or this planet colony, which is all humans will need this colony because they're going to die on earth because earth. So it's a clip show basically is what I'm getting at. So yeah. we, we talk about, you know, well, humans have empathy and they care about each other. And then it would go to another episode, a clip, 
from another episode of Outer Limits yeah. and show some story about empathy. And then they come back to us playing chess, talking. Uh, okay. and, and, and the robot would say, no, they're selfish. Humans are selfish. And then mm-hmm. it would go to a clip from another show. Mm. So it was almost like these highlights of other Outer Limits episodes within this story of so new, should humans live yeah. or die so what you're saying is they were taking footage from other episodes and so not only was this a bottle show this was the uber of bottle shows oh they my were, gosh re- re- reusing footage that was already um yes. filmed. oh my god yes and it was there was more so, than us just playing chess there was a chase scene i remember in a tunnel but it yeah. was pretty it was a pretty simplistic two or three days of scenes, maybe two days. I can't remember. Right. It wasn't but, long. But from your story, it sounds like this was an offer and not an audition. Yeah, it was an offer, I think. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you, you had you worked with the producer prior to this? Is this why no. you received this offer? No. It no. was just off of the greatness of Robert Duncan McNeil. They were like, you know what? We just want him. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> so you don't, don't remember know. if anyone. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, all right. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. The writer of that show. His name was Grady Hall, and he and I hit it off, and we are still friends to this day. Really? Yeah. The I writer of your episode Grady. or, the, or yeah. one of the writer-producers? The writer of that episode. Mm. He had come up to produce, you know, to be the writer on set, and we just hit it off and stayed in touch when we got back home, and we've been in touch for years, you know? He's yeah. he's become a, he became a commercial director, a music mm. video director. He won a bunch of MTV Music Awards as a as a music video director he's produced some other tv shows and become a director that was really what he wanted i think the writing was a path towards that so not a very common yeah. name grady for grady first hall name. yeah isn't grady the name of the character one of the characters in samford and son the friend of samford maybe i don't remember i think there was but i love samford and son it was a good show yeah that was a good show Very well nice. let's talk about our show this okay show. let's talk about our show okay. enough about <laughs> other tv shows and other people's careers let's talk about us all right so this week's episode is the season finale yes. for season Ooh. six yes we're here we're actually oh here it's, it's so crazy i mean if you think about this we started this and we launched in may i mean this really we started recording in march of 2020 but we launched in may of 2020 and here we are over Two years later, and we're at the end of season six. We're going to be three years in May. It's unbelievable. Wow. Okay. Unimatrix Zero, part one. So this is a two-parter. Okay. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And I can't believe how far we've come. It's been a journey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) truly. Yes, it has. All right, everyone. Robbie and I are going to watch this episode, and we will be right back for all of our Patreon patrons. Please stay tuned for your bonus material. Hello, everyone. We're back. Yes, we are. Well, we're well, back, but we don't know how it ends. We, <laughs> we're back, but hey, we but don't have any still, answers for yeah, you. No, yeah, but your made-up synopsis was on point. It is kind yes. of like The Matrix, okay? It is kind of like The My, Matrix. Hey, and I got kudos on guessing correctly, Alan. Oh, yeah. I got Who that one thought? right. Yeah, Krika, Krika, or Kraker as we mispronounce it. But yeah, I got that right. And you got uh, Brandon and... and Joe, Joe as writers at the yeah, teleplay. Rick, Rick Berman is, story, is not involved. Which no, Berman's not in part of it. No, I, I'm thought, shocked. You thought for sure he would be part Usually of Usually the premieres yeah. and the finales, he's always got his name on there right. somehow, like story or something. So. Yeah. Maybe wow. he was, uh, you know, too busy prepping something else or working on one of the movies or. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. 
Yeah. yeah, true. Okay, here we go. Here we go with our poetry synopsis of the episode Unimatrix yes. Zero, part one. Can't wait. Can't wait. Here we go. My haiku for Unimatrix Zero, part one. Unimatrix Null. A sanctuary for drones. Keith paid overtime. I knew, I knew you would like that. Okay, we see Keith over and over Keith again. Keith was my stand-in, <laughs> but he also had a Borg. He had done Borg stuff for the yeah. movies and for our yeah. show. So they had a mold for my stand-in Keith. Right. And once you have a mold, it's you're job gonna be, security. You're going to work. <laughs> you're going to work. And you're going to work funny. long, long hours because you're the, gonna make the application and the taking off of the makeup oh, itself yeah. puts you into overtime. Oh, and yeah. then if you're working the next day, it's a forced call. So they're, they're getting more money that way. Oh, it yes. just keeps on going. It, it just keeps adding up. The other noticeable drones that I saw, I saw Tom Morga a few times. So yes. our stuntman, one of our regular stunt persons. Stunt Did you people. see Sue? Sue was Sue. a Borg? Yes, she was a Borg. Was in the very opening scene? The was she the opening. shorter one? Is she the yeah. shorter one? It was Sue. That was yeah. Sue. I didn't know that. I think, I think yes. so. Okay. Uh, that's that's awesome. All right. She did that. And also uh, John Tempoya. I did see yes. one, one appearance of John Tempoya as a Borg, too. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's hear mm -hmm. your... My limerick for Unimatrix Zero Part One. <laughs> Seven dreams. She's in a virtual Borg zone where her true self is very well-known. Janeway decides to save them all. She risks the Voyager's downfall. Good luck, because now she's a drone. You're a limerick smith now. Instead of, yeah, wordsmith, a limerick smith. Yeah. Or you could be a wordsmith yeah. too as a limerick writer too. Thank you. Thank wow. You. So our guest stars, we've got Mark Deakins as Axum, the Axum. romantic Borg that loves Seven. The handsome um, alien himself. Yes. <laughs> so uh, as most people that listen to this podcast know, I live in Utah. One thing that jumped out at me when I looked up Mark Deacon's, um, you know, credits and things yeah. was he went to BYU University. Oh, right Brigham Young. Yeah, BYU right down the road. Yeah. And his first job was a Mormon film hmm. called How Rare a Possession, The Book of Mormon. Oh, in wow. 1987. So it was, I guess, a Mormon historical kind of film. Interesting. About the factual accounts of Vincenzo di Francesca as he came to know the contents of the Book of Mormon. So it's it's some history movie. But uh, that was his first job. Maybe while he was at BYU or something, he did this movie. Hmm. Next one is Jerome Butler, who Jerome. plays Korok, the... The Klingon. Um, Klingon guy, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jerome Butler. So his first job was some movie called Peephole in 1993. Not <laughs> okay. sure what the plot of that is. Don't know if I want to know Peephole. <laughs> but anyway, it's maybe a horror film. I don't know. What year? Um, what year was that? 1993. Okay, 93. So, but what is right. interesting about his Jerome Butler's career, he's mostly made his living as a dialogue coach. So oh. he works on big movies, big shows. He's got dozens and dozens of credits as a dialogue coach, meaning what that job does, uh, we didn't have one on, uh, most shows Voyager. don't have a dialogue coach, mm -hmm. but it's someone whose job is to run lines with the actors to make sure the actors are always prepared. They're ready to go. And, and ready to go. Yeah. And a lot of shows have that position to run mm -hmm. lines 
you know, while they're lighting and things like that. We didn't have that on Voyager, but have you been on a show before Voyager that had that? Yes. Only one that I can think of. Which one was that? It was Homefront. Uh, and it was a World War II set um, TV show. And they wanted the dialogue to be, they didn't want any riffing or improv like contemporary slang or anything. Yes. So they wrote it very consciously in, in the speech patterns and di dialect of the 1940s. And they wanted all the actors, you know, sharp on that. So we had a dialect coach. So that, that one person would assist every actor on set yes. for the yeah. day, correct? Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. Jerome's, Mostly that's his, his big gig. That's a, his yeah, main. Done that, a, yeah, the majority yeah. of his resume is as yeah. dialogue coach. Yeah, yeah. Which did I he do was anything else Star Trek wise? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I don't have that note. I don't think so. That's all right. Okay, next. Uh, Laura, our visitor, uh, our 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 Borg visitor in the virtual the, place, who yeah. was from Wolf, she was assimilated with during the with Battle of Wolf three five nine. Yes, uh, her name Laura. It, Laura, the character Laura, was played by Joanna Heimbold, and yeah. her first job was in 1994 on Law and Order. She played Melody Carter. Melody so Carter. that leads me to believe she's a, she was a New York-based actor. Law and Order was every actor in New York did Law and Order back mm. in the day. And she was also married to, uh, what's his name? Titus Welliver, who was what? the guest starred on our show. That's they were Titus's... married. They are they not were married, married at, that, at this particular time. I don't know if it was during this. Well, probably. That sounds probably. About right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was a nice little thing. Can we just stop for one second? Can we go back to the Klingon? Did is he credited as the Snaggletooth Klingon? I'm just no, curious. but I love that Snaggletooth. Just the one. Just the one coming out. I know. Just, I, love I thought that it was little... a toothpick when I first when he first came on screen. I, I thought, thought it was, was super cool. Being a little contemporary with a little toothpick hanging Very out. unusual. I don't recall <laughs> a lot of Klingons with the Snaggletooth. With just one. Uh -oh. Yeah, one canine, and the other one's not even existing. Yeah. Okay. All right, continue. Sorry. Okay. Guest star Susanna Thompson played our Borg queen. Phenomenal job. She's so good. Great job. But isn't that the same name as the singer from the Bangles? <laughs> Susanna Hoffs. Oh, no. it's okay. All right. Hoffs. I thought it was same name. Susanna Sorry. Thompson plays the Borg queen. Yes. Uh, her first job was in 1991. She was in the pilot of the famous TV show, Silk Stalking. Oh, that was, was in the USA pilot. Network show. Yeah, her very first job was a pilot, and it went to series for a few years. And wow, so she was a series regular, is what you're I saying. don't think so. I think she was a guest star in the pilot. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that, um, yeah, you're right. She did a great job. And now we know there's two individuals or two actors that played that role, mm -hmm. Alice Krieg and Susanna Thompson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, we had a couple other co-stars, Tony Sears as the Borg drone. This is interesting. The Borg oh, drone he's in the, the one very beginning. speaks. Yes. Which which was so crazy, you know, I to know. see, hear him, hear a Borg drone speak. But here's he what else that. is crazy about Tony Sears. Well, a couple things. Yes, First of all, I found out from he went Utah. to the... No. No. <laughs> he went to the University of Georgia. Oh. Go dogs. <laughs> okay. Go dogs. Okay. Not BYU, but no. University of Georgia. Yes. Went to the University of Georgia, so go yeah. dogs. And he was our art department coordinator on Voyager. Excuse he me. Worked, he worked in the crew. Come again. He, what? He was 
Yeah, he worked upstairs in the art department, which was above our stage. Say his name again. What is it again? Tony, Tony Sears. Sears, like the department store? S E A R S. Yeah. He, so he's a co worker of ours, essentially. I mean, the, the art that, department worked upstairs. We didn't meet a lot of them. You know, Richard no, James, but, our, yeah. our designer, we met a few of them, that, but not many. But he worked. Yeah. And he has a lot of other acting credits, by the way, but he worked. He, he just worked in all kinds of jobs in the film business. Okay, so he worked in art department. Yeah. And they cast him in this role, which is so mm -hmm. bizarre, because now I'm thinking about if Michael Okuda or Denise <laughs> Okuda were actually in Borg, yeah. as, you know, a Borg's yeah. uh, get up as well. How did, I don't I have no I feel like clue how Rush, that happened. Marvin I mean, Rush would have been a good Borg. Marvin oh, would Marvin would Borg. be a wonderful Borg, definitely. Yeah. He would be, yeah. he would be good. Uh, but Billy Pete, our Billy Pete's our lighting, our, our gaffer, you, but Billy no, would have been get... a good Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go through everybody's, uh, <laughs> we we can't go through the whole crew, but Chacho, it's amazing. Chacho Johnny would have been a good, yes. uh, Malon, one of the yes. garbage yes. scow people. Right. Yes. So that yeah. would have, but, but how do you think that happened? And I mean, do you think I they sat know. around and they thought, Hey, the actor that was supposed to play this role dropped out. Do you have anyone in the art department that would like to be an actor for the day? I don't think I, so. I just... Here's what I think happened. Yes. Tony Sears wanted to be in showbiz and he hustled. He worked a lot of jobs I saw in his resume. Okay. And he was, he wanted to be an actor, but he, you know, between acting opportunities, yeah. took jobs in the film business and sure. ended up in our art department yeah. and probably went and said to somebody, hey, can I leave my resume for casting? Because I'm really an actor. <laughs> I don't want to be an art department coordinator. Right. You know, uh, okay. sitting at a desk doing people's schedules. That's basically yeah. what that coordinator does. Yeah. Um. So he got his resume in because he was in the art department. He probably got his resume in there. That's my wow. guess. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Okay, his first um his first job was in 1989. He had the role of Harry Dugan in The Return of Swamp Thing. Oh, with Heather Locklear was in this movie. Yeah. That sounds like a trauma film right it there. Does. It sounds, sounds a little wow, a little fun. Uh, yeah. Swamp Thing. That's okay. Tony Sears. Last uh, one we've got here guest star uh, the alien kid. Yeah, the young boy. Borg kid. Yep. Yeah. Ryan Sparks played the alien child. Right. His first job was 1997 on the TV series Jag, which oh, was also yes. a Paramount show. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. And I noticed with Ryan, the kid, he was on a lot of Paramount shows back in the late 90s, mid late 90s through the early 2000s. Wonder if so he, he had must a have relative had a, there. Yeah. You it know, was, it's, it sounds Paramount like somebody. Shows. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Sparks is his made-up name, and his real last name is McCluggage. McCluggage. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan McCluggage, McCluggage Sparks. A.K.A. Sparks. Uh, but he doesn't continue, though, right? I mean, no. he, do, he just kind of acts as a kid, and that's done, right? He doesn't have much resume. I think he acted that. into the late 2000s. Like, really? As a teenager and a young okay. adult, probably. But okay. I don't think he's continuing to act at this yeah. point. I couldn't find anything. Wow. There you go. Well, thank there you. you. There's I appreciate that. Let's just jump right into this, Robbie. Let's just jump in. We see an exterior space shot of a Borg cube traveling through what looks like Borg headquarters. It looks like this yeah. is there's a lot called, of Borg stuff. It's going called on. they talk to about it later as the Unicomplex. So the Uni okay, it's called the Unicomplex. All right. It's a lot of Borg yeah. vessels kind of tied in together. But yes, we see yeah. this cube. Yeah, we see this massive, cube kind of traveling through massive visifex shots. Right? 
which then changes into a camera panning across different drones in their regeneration alcoves mm-hmm. until it finally lands on one specific drone. The camera then goes in close up onto this drone's eye, which then starts going through rapid eye movement, the REM mm-hmm. sleep movement. And mm-hmm. the drone's eye opens up and it is now escorted to the queen's chamber. And now yes. we see the queen and look at look at all the visual effects that are going on. Cool in this scene. assembly of the Woo! queen. Yes. Super cool assembly of the queen. I think they took I the agree. first contact yeah. bit and they even I, I won't say this was well, a better sequence, but it was equally it, it, as complex. really good for television. For, yes. Am I great? Am I right? Oh, I mean, yes. for TV. Absolutely. It looked wonderful. Good yep. job. Mm hmm. Agreed. So we see her getting assembled as she goes to meet this drone is being escorted. And she's basically she's worried about some kind of malfunction that's spreading through the collective. Yeah. And, she tells uh, this one drone, she says, you have this mutation or she says you have a disease is what how she yeah. words it to begin with. And she says she wants to find a different way to identify the drones that have this mutation because mm-hmm. it could take hundreds of years to really figure out what's going on it's just a very lengthy process so the key thing that this queen board queen needs is the interlink frequency yes that is what is interlink frequency yeah they all these malfunctioning drones share this frequency it binds them together she says And but he uh, doesn't know what the heck she's talking about. He's like, huh? And so she disconnects him from the hive mind, which mm-hmm. he's clearly com- clearly lost and and annoyed by or really uncomfortable with what's happening with not Very being connected. Uncomfortable. And yes. uh, he's making all the, the moves. So Mr. Sears, our art department employee, is now doing his best acting of uncomfortability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which he did a good job, you know. And, and she says, well, okay, um, I need this information. And he says he doesn't know. He actually speaks because now once you are not connected to the hive mind, you cannot speak telepathically. You must speak using your mouth. And he does. Mm-hmm. He says he doesn't know. He, he says doesn't he doesn't know. know. I don't remember. Speaks, I don't. Yeah. And by the way, he speaks English with his mouth, which I think is so he cool does. that <laughs> Borgs all speak English. Uh, well, you know, that's typically what happens. Whenever the telepathy goes down, English is yes. the default language for all Borgs. Yes. Um, <laughs> it would have been funny if it was Swedish because it would have. Borg is like, a, you know, Bjorn Borg, Borg is yeah. the Swedish. Swedish last name. So, yes. yeah. Would have been okay. better as Scandinavian, but okay. Yeah, but she disconnects him. He says <laughs> yeah. he doesn't remember. Yeah. And she says deactivate him. Yeah. And, and we think he's they're gonna kill him. Right. And then she says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have him dismantled. Dismantled. I yeah. want to take a look at his cortical array. Mm-hmm. Basically, bring his, me that cortical array. Bring me his head. Yeah. So basically, oh. she says, dismember the dude, you know, so kill him. Off you know, in the beginning, head. deactivate means kill, and dismantle mm-hmm. also means kill, but even more killing is happening, yeah. is what, yeah. it, what it is. It's yeah. It's a tough, tough thing for the sad. Yeah, very, it's sad. very sad. Forest area. Then, yeah. Then we go to seven is walking through this forest area. Outdoors. Like, nice. Immediately. I was like, is this a dream? Is yeah. she in, a, she's she in wearing, the holodeck? Yeah. Doesn't have any away mission supplies. I'm like, this no. isn't real. This no. Is, if, it felt like a dream immediately. Yeah, she very, sees, but it's nice. It's tranquil. Very pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. She sees some aliens, different species. Yeah, all kinda, walking together. As friends talking. As friends. The one disappears. Some, one of them just, yeah, it's like it yeah. beams out. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. And then she hears someone call Annika. And she sees, uh, she she reaches out, actually, at this point. Yeah. We don't even see. She looks and she starts to reach towards where we heard someone call Annika. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up in her alcove. Oh, no, we actually see him, though. 
For I don't second. think in this one. We do because he tries to touch her. Oh, cheek. that's right. Yeah. He comes that's over right. with his hand to his cheek. We were like, what well, is he going to slap her? Is he going to yeah. touch her, caress her? Yeah. He and reaches that's when out. She turns, yeah. She turns away. And that's when she wakes up from that regeneration. Yes. So she does see, she does that's see right. our, our, our guest star from BYU. And yes. now we're in sick bay and the doctor mm-hmm. is scanning her. And he is so excited because he thinks that she has experienced another milestone, her first mm-hmm. dream. Congrats on your first dream. Congratulations. Yes. And, you know, she basically says, I just don't want to go through this dream process. No, this is a malfunction. Yeah, this is something broken. I I don't want it. Yeah, I'm broken. And he goes, no, no, it's natural. And then, you know, at the end of the scene, he basically gives her this tiny little device. And he says, okay, you got to put this on your neck and then this will record your REM cycles. So this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. He does say something in the middle. He says, tell me about your dream. And she says, well, I saw a man. Yeah. And he called me by my name. And he's like, oh, a man. Wow. Well, maybe... Maybe it's a hidden desire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trying yeah. to be released. Maybe it's a father figure. Father or... figure or a desire to have male companionship. So it gets yeah. a little creepy, a little yes. bit, you know. But uh, at the very end, he says, take this tiny box and this will help you record your REM cycles. But so it is leaves. interesting that he tries to interpret the dream and he's kind of right in a way. Because we'll, we'll find out later that yeah. it, that there is some connection between this. Correct. Some romantic connection between yes. them. So between the he guy is kind of right. There was yeah, something... He is a little right. He's on yeah. target there. But um, he does. Yeah. He gives her this technology. Put this on your neck. Yeah. It'll basically record your dreams. Yes. Uh, yeah. Exterior space shot of Voyager traveling at impulse. And then oh, yes. now we show a bridge scene, a wonderful bridge scene. Mr. Yes. Paris is a little bit. Tardy for his duty shift by he, 22 seconds. Tuvok says 22 seconds late and everyone is really Chikoti, pissed off. Well, you know, they're just super serious is what it is. That, that's what I wrote down. I don't know if they're pissed. Did it seem it seems pissed seems to like you? They're, it seems like he's in trouble. It, it does like, seem okay, like Chikoti and sorry, Janeway are the up. parents. Yes. Yeah. And you're the kid and you're the teenager and you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I like Tom's attitude of like, you guys are overreacting. I'll stay 22 seconds at the end of my shift. <laughs> Calm down, everybody. Yes, yes. I like that. I like that line. I did like yeah. that line. You come down to your, you come down to your station. You notice there's a tiny box on your chair, mm-hmm. and guess what? It's promotion time. You're no longer an ensign. You're going to pop back up to lieutenant. Wait a minute. Now let's just pause for a minute. Why? Why is okay? It makes I, no sense. Oh well, let's just start from the very beginning. You are not even in Starfleet when we find no. you. You're in the penal colony, so you're a prisoner. You're an yes. observer, so you I'm, should I'm have zero you. rank to begin with, right? Agreed. To, and so uh, then, agreed. why on God's green earth is, is Tom Paris being re-promoted to a rank that he shouldn't have even had in the first place? And and for yeah, no apparent so, reason, no apparent I, reason. It was I so feel bizarre. like I I thought it was an odd thing to do. I don't think anybody should be promoted unless it's earned within the story. And it oh, felt good. Like yeah. Okay. Doing this, yeah. I don't yeah. think you should, you know, anybody yeah. should get a promotion. It shouldn't unless happen in the it. beginning of the episode like no. this. Correct. No. Yeah. It so it's weird. not even earned. You're right. No. You're right. That, that's a very, very valid point. Uh, yeah. But my, I did make a note in my line. I didn't notice a little box in my chair. It should have been under my breath because the way it came off to me was way too good natured. You know, I mean, because if anything, Harry would be the one thinking, Good grief. Why haven't I been promoted? You know, I mean, <laughs> so it would have been like, well, I didn't notice a little box of my chair. Like it looked kind of under the breath like that. Right. right. Yeah. But the other weird thing in this scene is Torres shows up next to you after the promotion. She congratulates you. 
and you give her this weird friendly peck on the cheek it's like what do you was that a what, what i think it must there? have been because we're on the bridge and because you're at work and it would be weird to have a peck on the on the lips then you think i think so okay so you're trying to be professional is what, what that so. was i think because so. to me it bothered me i thought no i want to see i want to see some real sugar that's like <laughs> that's like sugar you give for your grandma like well, what is i, I want to see was a little it was a little professional a little, pro- a little we're too at work though yeah yeah, but we're working the freaking Delta Quadrant. We may not even I make know. it back to Earth. I know. You should have just I'm French kissed her right then. I think that really? would have been... Yes, that, that might have been, been a little <laughs> awkward. That might have been a little awkward. It would have been like a big red but it commercial. Did seem a little, it, it, did, it did seem a little formal. I I will give yeah. you that. I made the same note. But, but wouldn't that little... have been a funny scene if Jane and Chakotay are just sitting there waiting for you guys to finish kissing? They're just like, hmm. And then we cut to another yeah, scene. You, we come back. You, know, you, you cut to an, a, a big red commercial is what yeah. you cut to. Uh, yeah. And we cut to it and they come back. They're still kissing. Yeah. So, yeah. But a little too stuffy for me. All that excitement happens. All of those deep feelings for you and I. There's there's an alert. Yeah. And uh, Paris, Paris responds. Oh, is that a cake, a hidden cake? I like that line. That That was was a good good. line. It was good. And, but no, it's not a cake. No. It's a distress call from a colony on an asteroid a couple light years away. Right. And um, Tuvok can't pick up any other transmission from the colony. We, no, nothing. We try to contact him, nothing. And we don't know it's a colony yet. We know, we no, learned we that later. Yeah, we do. True. But we, uh, we, we, we just hear this distress call and Janeway, of course, uh, always ready to help. Yeah. Lays in a course, change our course. Let's yeah. uh, head over to this distress call. We go to warp. We go, we go out to space. We see the ship flying by at warp mm-hmm. and we jump to our arrival at this asteroid. And as it sort of spins around, it reveals that the colony has been destroyed. You can see these structures and they're just blown out. No life signs. No. Sad. Um, and there's a profile shot of Harry saying, I'm detecting residual weapon signatures. They're Borg. I'm just going to say right now, this is the mm-hmm. best profile hair look for Harry. Oh, wow. In the entire seven years so far. Interesting. And there might be one better in season seven, but, but so it's a far good profile up to this point. Hair look. Oh, it looked great. I was so excited. I was like, yes, that's how Harry's hair should look from the side. So, wow. Yeah. Just, just give me a little tidbit. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Harry finds the Borg weapon signatures yeah. um, and Tuvok scans and finds a Borg cube on the edge of the system. That's right. That's where the, that's the that's the offending party. We're, we're yes. going to assume we're right? assuming that. Mm-hmm. And so Janeway wants blood. She's like, I don't think does. She? Why was she heading over there then? No, she was she was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to she sits there and says, I'm going to make oh. the, for the record. We came to this place. There are zero life signs. We de- it was Borg, blah, blah, There's, blah. We found We're heading Borg. on. Oh, let's She's, get out of here. Yeah, she goes, oh, let's get out saying, of let's here. Let's go, go get them. Heck no. She didn't care about that. She was like, no, oh, we're okay. done. Yeah. So okay. she was like laying a cor- resume course, I think is what she oh, says. Oh, that's so right. Let's she get out of here. That. Yeah, she that's doesn't right. want to deal with the Borg. She's uh, like, okay. sorry for these people. Like, I would have helped if you were still alive. But, but um, you know Janeway is just chomping at the bit to she, like, go head to head with the board well, you know I, she is I, no she doesn't i don't think so i'm gonna disagree okay. with you i think she wants okay. to stay as far away as possible okay mm. so now we're in the cargo bay and she's gonna she's gonna get real close to the board <laughs> by the end she, of this episode she will she will get very very get close. closer than and, you can imagine have you ever thought about this okay so we're 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 over at seven of nines regeneration alcove which is in the cargo bay yeah but if you think about this essentially seven sleeps in 
the garage or a storage shed is what she sleeps in. So yeah. why doesn't she have quarters? I have no idea. You know, we've had so many people die on this show. I'm sure there's vacant quarters. <laughs> Absolutely. Everywhere. So I'm a little, you know, it's just another symbol that she's not a part of the, like she's, she's, you know, not fully committed to being to a being member part of the, the crew. crew. I think okay. so. It's a reminder that she's different, that she's like, She's not gonna, you know, <laughs> but just let's put it into context here. But it, it makes no sense. It'd be like if they stored stuff in Paris's quarters and people just randomly walked in any time of the day to grab yeah. it while you're sleeping because that's yeah. what happens if she's yeah. in a cargo bay. Yeah, there's a boxes so, and all kinds of things. Yeah, in there. It's so weird. I, I don't know. That just it's just one of those things where you know, when you're sitting there and you're driving and you think you think of a word, you're like steering wheel. That's a really weird word. It just, it just, you know, it, up until that point, you never think steering wheel sounds weird, but then all of a sudden it's weird. So today's the day I thought, why is Seven sleeping in the cargo bay? That's all. Yeah. Well, especially because she's supposed to be having these dreams and like, it's her dream time. Yeah. She's starting to have dreams now. Yeah. And people are walking in, clanging around, you know, getting a hammer out of Doing the box their- and things <laughs> like that. Getting a hammer. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Taking the trash out, whatever they do. <laughs> so whatever she- you do in the garage. So the trash bag rips things start yeah. falling out yeah. like you know a tin can that's, that's where they yeah. keep the recycling is in is in <laughs> no, that the recycling's bay. in that cargo bay yeah. uh so anyway she's putting on the the little device the doctor gave her earlier she's yes. about to regenerate and so now the camera moves in a close-up on her eyes moving rapidly she's experiencing rapid eye movement and now she's in the forest Bling. Yep. she's magically transported and, and the first thing she sees is a klingon in the forest yeah well the first first thing we notice is it's nighttime now and yeah. I kept thinking, like, okay, if this is the sanctuary for the Borg, wouldn't it be daytime day always? I mean, why would They're there be a nighttime? And I realized later it's because once, you know, something happens later, we need to be able to see the little laser beams and blippy blips of the oh, yeah. Borg That's drones. And you can't true. see them so well during the day. Yeah. But, yes, a, a hand touches her on the shoulder. And she turns to see. It's a Klingon, a very uh, menacing Klingon. Snaggletooth yes. Klingon. Snaggletooth Klingon is there. And she runs. She's like, I'm getting out of here. And then uh-huh. she runs into the arms almost of the alien who tried to touch her cheek before. And he says, come with me. And she says, no, 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 no. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. Yeah. She says, no, no, you're not dreaming. I brought you here. Okay, did now you, here's my question. Did you notice when she runs into Axum, by the way? Yes. And they talk for a second. Yeah. That there's no smoke or anything. And then suddenly this puff of smoke appears. Oh, like in the background? Behind yeah, them? right. Right. It looked like her pants were on fire to me. I literally am like, it was the smoke, where, the smoke is just coming up from her feet or pants or something. Like, what is on fire? Okay. Get out of there. Do you Why? remember? You, got- you remember? Do you remember our smoke machines? Okay. Yes. When when they had them on, they would give an intermittent and it would shoot the smoke out in, yeah. in a pattern. Okay. And the thing, what from what I recall, is even after it was turned off, there it's would still be one pressure. residual, there would still be an extra a little well, I think uh, they had a smoke fart would pop puff. out. Yeah, yeah, there was a smoke That's fart what I think right w- during their intimate conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it just came up in their faces. I'm like, where did this smoke? Why? Where's that gaseous anomaly coming from? Yeah. Who had beans that evening? So, yes, yeah. it just whoop, I did not notice that, weird. but you did. But what I thought was weird is he says, I brought you here. And then I started thinking about the whole thing. The OK, if you are a Borg drone with the recessive mutation of that that whatever happened, um, you end up getting this bonus of coming into this sanctuary every time you are regenerating. 
So why wasn't she always going there? Is it simply because she was not part of the hive mind anymore? That's why she's not experiencing it. But it just, to me, it was strange. I thought, okay, if yeah, she it's... has that recessive gene, every time she regenerates, she should have been going there every night that she's been on Voyager for the last three or four years. I thought. I think so too, unless she took the red pill or the blue pill. I... <laughs> and then. Okay, fine. Maybe fine. she hadn't taken any pills. That's She very... finally <laughs> took the red pill or the blue pill, and now she's in the matrix. That's a good enough answer for me. Okay. Let's, move, let's move on. Okay. Um, so he basically tells her, look, hey, th- you aren't dreaming. This this is Unimatrix Zero. And he says, my name is Axum. My, I mean, I'm, I'm a board drone. I have a designation. But here, I'm Axum. And he says that the great thing about being here is that all the drones can exist as individuals here. And he tells her, he's a seven basic, or Annika, because he calls her Annika, you have the recessive mutation as well. And only one out of a million drones have it. But unfortunately, in recent times, about 200 drones have been deactivated so far because the collective has found out about them. Mm-hmm. And so this is the concern that he has. This is why he brought her back. And he says, look, We've designed a nanovirus, which should mask the biochemical signature of the mutation so they can't be detected, but they need someone to release it into the collective. And Seven asks the obvious, uh, you're already on a Borg ship. Why don't you release it? And then we learned a very important plot point is that whenever they're regenerating, they're in Unimatrix Zero. But the moment they stop their regeneration cycle and they're back on the Borg cube, sphere, wherever they're at, mm-hmm. they completely have no memory. Of what happened before. They don't remember anything. When did the kid in this conversation? Doesn't the kid run by early in the conversation at one point? He's like, Nope, not yet. Oh, the kid hasn't run by yet. No, I didn't know where you were in the he's definitely not there yet. No, no, he's just explaining you to Matrix Zero. But Um, when he's explaining, the kid runs by and she's like, She gets it. She's like, That kid, he's not a drone, he's probably in a maturation chamber. So she, oh, and then they shoot. You're right. You're right. Right. right, Doesn't that happen early on? Yeah. No, no. The kid is here. The kid is here. The kid goes by early on and she's starting to put it together. And she's like, Even him? And he goes, Yeah, he was still in a maturation chamber. That he was just assimilated is what she's got. Yeah. Yeah. Just assimilated. Exactly. Yeah. So that's in this scene. That is in this scene then. That is. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. That's right. You're right. I just didn't write that down for some reason. And and Um, then, uh, so we set up the kid and, yeah, and we that, set the kid up here. And that this is like, yeah, it's it's in a recessive gene that's not just in fully, you know, developed drones, but it's yeah. in, you know, recently uh, assimilated recently drones. Recently assimilated too. drones. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. So it's it's yeah, and they don't remember. That's that's the that's the whole key here is they can't remember um any of the, their individuality when they go back. So right. yeah. It's right. very, and then, uh, yeah. yeah. And so he says that because she's not part of the collective anymore, seven, that she is the only connection that they have to the real mm-hmm. world because they don't know anything once they enter the real world, they forget it all. So this is why he has called upon her. And yep. again, for me, I just, my question how, is, how, how? Did the, how did you call upon her? If she's severed from the, I just don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. The Borg Queen's Chamber. We are back into yes, that. Yes, we're back in the room. Unicomplex Chamber. Unicomplex, the Chamber of, of the Queen. And yep. she's overseeing two drones working on the beheaded head of the drone from earlier. Yes. Harvesting the node from this drone severed from head. It Tony was Sears' head, basically. And his mouth was like... It, I'm sure it was, was from, it Was it open? It was open. It was like yeah. horror movie. Oh, it, was it was a little horror-esque, really, yeah. 
Yeah. Can you do it? Can you impersonate it? How did it look for you? Oh, I th- wasn't like it a skew? Was it like? Yeah, maybe. Did you <laughs> okay. notice who the who the the drone that was uh, removing this uh, node from the severed head? Was it Keith? It was Keith. Keith did it. Keith took Keith. T- Keith. How got dare overtime. you, Keith? By the way, how dare you work for the drones? I love this. She goes uh, disembodiment. Too bad you can't experience disembodiment because it's the epitome of perfection. Yeah. So it's kind of letting us know that like she's had she has this unique experience as the drone right queen, or the she can queen. get disembodied yeah, she can still get disembodied. be alive yeah <laughs> so it was just a it was a it creepy a cool line story. reading it was yeah, a creepy very, line creepy line reading i love very it. much it so very, cool. very much so so in this scene they have discovered the carrier band the carrier band has been mm-hmm. isolated but the queen says it's useless without the precise frequency and while this is going on, two more drones have been discovered with the mutation, and the queen orders their cortical nodes removed and they're analyzed. In, they're in spatial grid 249, by the way. Thank you for yes. sharing that. They're yes. in the same one? That's rare. Usually it's yeah. only one per vessel, but two popped up in the same spatial grid. Two more in the spatial grid, yeah. 249, yep. I think we head back to Unimatrix Zero right now to we go back drone to the matrix. sanctuary. Yes, yes, and or we're in the, the matrix drones. with the drones, the drone sanctuary, or the matrix. Yes, and Annika and Axum are seated on a bench underneath people some people mingling all around them. It, it, it looked like a it, summer night in Georgia with some nice, like you know, sheer... it looked like a wedding reception. To it, me. it really did with all the Everybody's... white tenting, yeah. and it looked beautiful. Nice lighting and everything. Yeah. Very nice lighting. Kids are uh-huh. playing. Mm-hmm. people wandering around yeah another alien pops in named Saral. so he starts his regeneration cycle and he ends up in unimatrix zero and seven slash annika does remember him she's like oh i that guy looks familiar and of course this whole time axum's like yes yes that was your friend and now snaggletooth klingon walks up korok and he says it was too much of a risk to bring her here. And he starts complaining and saying this is- They start this to get into a fight. They get like, into a big think, fight, right? Basically, the Klingon's threatening, like, you know, yeah, I should kill I will, you. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. To but, Axum. And Axum goes, go ahead, kill yeah. me, because I'm, I'm just going to I'll be back here back. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah this, is, uh, this is the Matrix, dude. You can't kill me. <laughs> it's kind of like Groundhog Day. You can't die in this one. So Yeah. <laughs> but you know who, who actually- uh, plays the peacemaker it's laura laura comes up uh, and yes. says hey 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 why don't you go sharpen your teeth and uh and we find out that laura was assimilated at wolf 359 and she is the one that stops this huge argument between the klingon and axum and seven and just as axum cycle was about to end and he realizes it, it's about to end he says you have to go talk to your captain this is the only way that we can and then he disappears so he they need also help. says yeah before he disappears he also kind of makes a comment to seven he says you know your your implants that laura has pointed out yes you, know, that you look different with the, those implants you don't need those here we don't have to have any of the borg stuff here right that she doesn't have to look that way and i don't like I don't how do you how, so you just I, you just think it away i mean i don't understand what, what are they i doing? exactly yeah, i don't know I, I, it's a little it was confusing. a little the rules felt a little fluid here i agree I agree. Yeah. Uh, we have an exterior space shot of Voyager yes. again, and now we're in the briefing room. An interesting briefing room set up. Everyone's standing. Nobody even yes. needs a chair today. Well, it's, it's a just classic like, Craker move. We're all yeah. kind of wandering, you know. Yes, kind of wandering off people. the shot mm-hmm. to each mm-hmm. other, which I thought was good. Well all right. Done. Can I make one notation here? Yes. This is my one notation. Yes. As excited and proud as I was of that profile hair shot earlier mm-hmm. on the bridge. Yes. Harry's hair in this scene 
way too quaffed. He just mm. went to a salon. I just know. I, I, he's I, trying I'm to get not, that promotion. He was, not, he was you know, in the yeah, extra scene, he's like, extra I, little I, maybe if the I hair, do my hair, my hair a little I got to do a little more hair. I got to get more attention. Um, yeah. But yeah, seven briefs Janeway and the other senior officers regarding the request from Axum and the other mutated drones that help that they need. Janeway wants more information. She wants to know, she wants a fuller well, picture. Well, first Janeway's like, how do we know move? this is real? Like yeah. it, w- it was a dream. And the doctor goes, no, I monitored her REM cycles. Yeah. Um, you know, she never reached REM sleep. Correct. During this time. So it has to be real. She, right. you know, she was not dreaming it. She, if she experienced it, it was a real experience. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Janeway wants a little bit more information to tackle this problem or this issue. And that's when Tuvok suggests a Vulcan technique known as the bridging of minds. Yeah. And he would initiate a mind meld between Janeway and Seven with him acting as the telepathic conduit. So this is a very forward uh, mm-hmm. uh, I like choice the doctor, to make. The doctor yeah. says, it sounds like a conference call to me. Yes. Or something. This isn't a conference call. He said something about a conference yeah, call. Yeah, he does. Very funny. He has a little funny line there for sure. Uh, yes. We jump to the corridor and it's Janeway and Chakotay walking through the hallway. Janeway tells Chakotay to stay at yellow alert. And he kind of volunteers. He says, look, I can he do does. this. He, yeah, let me do this. You stay let here. Let me do this. It's too you risky. Don't, yeah, you don't need to do this. But she declines. They walk into the cargo bay. We find the doctor asking how many times Tuvok has performed this bridging of the heads. And Tuvok corrects him by saying mines. And he says, never. And then my comment or my note here is the doctor should never have made that mistake. If he's the doctor, he would have had that recording of him saying mines and him saying the heads thing. To me, that just seemed like it was a forced attempt by the writers to add a little comedy there because Maybe. it just doesn't it was, physically I, make sense for him to say that. Like he's a I computer was, program. He I thought it was said. the doctor actually choosing to say it wrong because okay. he just doesn't believe okay. that this is going to work. Like oh, this bridging that's... of heads, it was kind of you know a dig at the whole thing. Okay, is not going to work. That's a valid. Uh, that's, that's a valid I... excuse too. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. That that. That helps me a lot because that mm-hmm. really bothered me for a second. I was like, wait a minute. He would never do that. He knows everything that everyone has said. It's all recorded in his own program. He knows it. I also, I also love sense. when the doctor, yeah. I also love when the doctor says, have you done this before? And Tuvok's like, well, I watched a I master watched it happen, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can, I think I can do this. what yeah. he did. What? That's a lot of confidence, Tuvok. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, I watched somebody. It's like, I don't know. I watched... I watched uh, Georgia Bulldogs play football the other night. I feel I'm like pretty I sure could, I, can, I can play wide receiver sure right now. <laughs> I could, no, I don't think so. I've watched a lot of things I wouldn't do. Anyway, Tuvok, God bless you. I know. Uh, well, so you know what? It got not only God bless you, but it it works. It because, does boom, work. The they're in the forest. Comes in. Yeah, Janeway's they, there. He mind melds them both. I like but, the transition. We go to the to you know once he starts doing um, the mind meld. Yeah. We tilt down to a monitor and we see the three, um, I guess, mind waves or, you know, wavelengths, like wavelengths a, yeah. of their, mm-hmm. their EKGs or whatever. Yeah. And they're in sync. So they're all together. Yeah. It was a nice yeah. little transition. That is show. a great transition. It's working. Yeah. So now we are in the forest uh, environment again, like mm-hmm. in Matrix Zero. And Seven is full 
Annika now. The hair is different. The hair's down. No implants. And she's very, her personality is even it's softer. Compl- yeah, even her delivery of her lines, definitely. Yeah. And she's like, let's go find Axum. You know, it's it's yeah. softer. It's not as Borg-like as she normally is. So they go mm-hmm. check out where Axum is. Now we have an exterior shot of the Borg complex, Unicomplex. Unicomplex. It, right? Yeah. what I call it. Yeah. All right. Now we're in the Borg Queen's lair. And mm-hmm. I really like the way that Alan shot this scene. Beginning with what looks like Hamlet speaking to the skull. Yeah. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio. The and only I... comment I have about her holding the skull is she's yes. kind of talking to it and then she hands it off to a drone and it, was it too felt abrupt. like it was styrofoam. It felt light. Oh, so like if it didn't have okay. the weight of okay. Okay. of a heavy uh, physical thing. Yeah, and know. not a, and think about it. It would be a it would be heavier than a human skull because it has all the cybernetic implants also yeah. on there. So it should be, you're very correct in that assessment. It should yeah. have been a heavy handover, right? Yeah, okay. I think so. It felt like a styrofoam, like a, like something you put a wig on, you know, in yeah. a beauty yeah. parlor or something. Yeah. It didn't feel heavy and weighted, Yeah, but she does hand it off. They put, mm. put that head on a, on a pole next to the other head. And did yeah. you notice um, with the two heads on the pole, as the camera came around, I think one of the heads was the Brent Spiner mold. Yeah, that's what I read uh, when I did some more research on this. Oh, you did read? I, I just read guessed that. it. Yeah, I you guessed it. Did you really like, guess that or did you I look totally at memory guessed it. No, I did not look it at <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It looked like Brent Spiner. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. my Yeah, God. they used his head, which is really funny. That is funny. It's so recognizable. I'm surprised they did that. I think a lot of people will not catch that though, personally. I just think that because it's so it's such a gory scene to think it's like yeah. a horror scene to see that the other yeah. head being impaled on that on that little stick yeah. thing whatever it is it's just yeah. I don't know but yeah, uh, very well queen, shot yes very no. well shot and then the board queen does freeze the readouts from mm-hmm. these uh, these nanoprobes or whatever the thing the nodules that she's that she's the dissecting yeah and she isolates this frequency that they've been looking for yeah and she tries to disrupt. The frequency but it doesn't yes. work because the borg drones have protected it by using a triaxalating modulation so you know the queen is like okay that's fine i can't terminate the link very calmly she says then i will simply have to pay them a visit and so yes. now we know that she's gonna send her drones her her minions into unimatrix zero and yep. uh wreak havoc it's so creepy seeing that whole scene with the head sitting there it's just a very very creepy scene yeah but effective we go to the forest next janeway's there yeah janeway basically says look you know i we're, i can help you but isn't this just prolonging the inevitable and you know axon's like well what do you mean i mean a Maybe they won't find you for a year, 10 years, but eventually they will find you. What if we could make this a little bit more effective? And he's he's not sure what she's talking about. But in, yeah. in essence, she says, what if we could make it so that you know what's happening the minute your regeneration cycle ends? And maybe you guys can bond together. And maybe you guys can do something. Uh, you could be like resistance. a resistance. Yes. yes a like resistance the, movement. The French underground is what yes. this could be. Yes. Yes. So. And Seven is like, it sounds like you're talking about a civil war. And suddenly uh, there's a scream from off camera. We hear a scream Mm -hmm. and they basically uh, head towards the scream and see that there's drones now in the Unimatrix Zero and they are attacking. First, it grabs a, looks like a Cardassian guy and he gets, and it's Tom Morga. 
uh, oh yeah it was person. tom morgan yeah, that's tom right is, tom basically takes takes uh the cardassian guy out and yep. then we see another drone grab a woman and she's also injected with the tubules and her her basically her image fritzes out and is gone so they they keep discovering these other drones and now Another drone is coming after little alien boy who is little child, just alien little, child, little tiny child. Tim is is who he's chasing yep. after. And right and the, before, oh, the Klingon. Yeah, the Klingon. Klingon comes goes in, right? to he, protect he goes the kid. to town. Yeah. And he actually, uh, he fights that board drone and that board drone basically gets killed or disappears right. out of the Unimatrix. But then, then another one arrives. And he takes the second one out, but the third one knocks oh, him is down. That what it is. is what yeah. it is. Yeah. And uh, right before he's about to get uh, discovered is when Janeway intercedes and she comes in with a few moves of her own. Grabs. Right? Yeah. Grabs the, grabs bat, the bat left. left. I never so, knew that Janeway, yeah. Janeway was so good with a bat left. Well, takes she out a board it. drone. Yeah. She did a bat left scene before, but that's, she doesn't remember it though. That was in the World War II simulation yeah she was yeah. with battle then so she doesn't remember it but yeah she knew a few moves herself here she knew a few moves yeah it was almost like she did a chuck thing where she just learned it all immediately so yeah um, exactly. it happens and guess what board queen is watching this she's and watching she, the live feed of this whole oh, thing yeah and it ends with her going jane way she's just mad looking. yeah she's not happy jane way jane way again yeah, very very dramatic side yeah very very much so uh, we have uh, a Voyager flyby, mm -hmm. and we're on the bridge. Janeway comes in, and Chakotay, Chakotay. says, how's your headache <laughs> from her mind meld? Uh, and then so the greatest thing is she doesn't even answer him. She keeps no, she walking just has, straight to the ready room. She rolls her eyes yeah. and nods towards like, the room. get over here. Let's ready go room. Again. <laughs> And yeah. they go inside the ready room, and she's yep. like, go ahead, take a seat. She's very serious, and he he's very serious, too. He goes, I prefer to stand. Yeah. And she basically tells him how the Borg have figured out how to infiltrate Unimatrix Zero and she wants to stop them. Right. She wants to give them some kind of way to take action, to fight back yeah. uh, against these Borg that are taking out their, their, you know, matrix where they can be individuals. Right. Um, but but really, the more important, the, the objective that Janeway has in this scene is she wants to know that, Commander Chicote is behind her. Has her back. Move, has yes, her back. Supports exactly. her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she does say in, to him, she says that Balana and the doctor are working on some something that will help them in the real world to remember back in the in the real world uh their experiences as individuals and right. to to fight. So she she's not going to do this without a support. Right. And he says, Well, I, I'm with you because this could be a turning point in our fight against the Borg. So yeah. He is supportive. Yeah, he is supportive. And uh, JC we go to Unison. Yes, they are. There's they're a together. lot of JC connecting in this. There episode. is. Some, yeah, we'll come up to a big one later yes. too. So yes, we will. All right, sick bay. We're, we sick here? bay. Yeah. The doctor says that they do have a virus now that will allow the drones to remember uh, their experiences in, as individuals when they return to, from regeneration. And Janeway says, "Well, how do we yeah. deploy?" Well, this well thing? Uh, just to be just to be clear, this yeah. is the original nanovirus that Axum gave that had Axum had designed, but it's been modified. Modified, so, exactly. yeah, that's what it is. They've modified it so they'll be able to remember. And mm -hmm. Janeway says, "Well, how do we deploy this thing?" And Balana says, "Well, all the the Borg vessels are linked, right? And yep. uh, how you know how are they linked?" And Seven responds, "Well, it's the central plexus." I just like it's, that name. Yeah. 
It sounds like solar plexus. I feel like that's the name of a business that we start the future of some bricks and mortar store called the central plexus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Hey, like it. it could be like a, it could be a coffee place for all nerds to go to the central. Oh plexus. yeah. I okay. Like anyway. All right. All right. So seven says it's the central plexus. Bolana says if we release the virus there at the central plexus, then it will be transmitted to all the Borg vessels because they're linked instantaneously yes yeah good so, plan though good plan it's a great plan unfortunately so, the only borg activity in the region is one tactical borg yeah, <laughs> tactical so borg cube. Four tactical <laughs> borg cube heavily armed <laughs> it's the central plexus on this tactical borg cube is shielded by multiple regenerative <laughs> force fields like it yeah. sounds hard it's like fort knox yeah it's There's just, no way seven's like you're in it, you'll be detected way before you get anywhere near the central plexus and janeway's like mm, now meet me in engineering we're gonna find a way and prepare the virus and, and so this is an important says, okay. scene i think later even though we've only seen part one of this because yeah seven's right they're going to be detected and, that's right you know there's no way to get in so they're going to have to have a more clever plan and that's Correct. janeway's secret plan at this yeah. point yeah which we don't um, know about but, we don't know okay. about it yet. So we go to the hall. By the way, this hallway scene when Janeway's talking to Seven, it was looped. This whole thing was so heavily looped. <laughs> I oh. noticed there was, oh goodness. I mean, there was looping with the alien kid uh, earlier. Yeah. There was looping with the uh, snaggletooth Klingon. It was just there's like, a lot of there's looping a lot of in looping. this episode, episode. And looping and that not... you can easily tell. It's yeah. looping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But right. in the scene, the walk and talk with Janeway and Seven, Janeway basically says, you know, you were different. And not just the way you look, not just your hair and yeah. stuff. Yeah. You were more human and mm -hmm. it suited you. Yeah. And Seven's a little, you know, skeptical, but she's... Yeah. But but it lands for her. She hears her. Yeah. And they have that nice little walk and talk. Then we have a beauty shot of Unimatrix Zero. Mm. Beautiful shot. It looks like the coast of Italy or something. It looks like Portofino <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like it sparkling is. little, you know. <laughs> little town. seaside towns right there. On yes. the Mediterranean or yeah. something. It's very pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Seven is now Annika. She's very all human. Yeah. And uh, she finds Axum. And Isn't she him, there just to say, hey, we're here to cover you. We're, yeah. We got your back is what she's saying. Yeah. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah. And Axum, and he, Axum gives us some information that the yeah. Klingons have banded together. They've given battles to others who can handle them. I love it. They have Herogen hunters that are going through the forest and everything. So it's mm -hmm. kind of cool that they're 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 arming themselves or they're going to they're going to band together and try to resist. Yeah. And of course, uh, there is a gift of a batleth from Korok to Axum. So Axum shows Seven his brand mm -hmm. new um, weapon. And that's when Laura kind of budges Laura in and shows says, up and says, yeah. hey. 11 more, more drones. drones. Yeah. They're 300, 300 meters away. We got to hide right now. Yeah. So Axum and uh, Seven run off behind, together, run yeah. off together, hide behind a rock. The drones but now it's night immediately. Yes. So what's going on? So it was day in the encampment and now it's nighttime. The minute the drones show up, I I, I don't know. I think it was night in that establishing shot. The, oh, was the, it? Okay. Yeah. The Portofino okay. shot of. Again, there's the, still the no reason why it should be night except to no. show off the lasers and stuff that's it well this is where it happens so they're yes. hiding behind a rock the drones come there's three of them i think three drones yeah, right they've got the laser sights they're scanning everything but i guess borg scans can't go through rocks so no yeah or rocks. or or branches or leaves or no. anything like that any type of matter doesn't work so the, but the but the best thing is when the three the three drones are there two walk off and the final drone that scans across keith 
It's Keith. Exactly. It's Keith. Overtime Keith. There he is yeah, again, getting geez. overtime pay. Yeah. They walk off and suddenly Axum goes, oh, sorry. He pulls yeah, his, his hand. arm was around her. Yeah. yeah. He's like, my gosh. Sorry about that. And uh, and then Seven says, you know, that that felt familiar to me, your arm around me like that. And Doesn't says, she say that was my elbow? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> She's, and, and he says, yeah, we were friends, you know, sure. And she says, is that all? Were we just friends? And so you start to. Suddenly, well, no, she I, says elaborate, me, right? And he yes, goes, now's not the good, now's not the right time. Yes. And then she takes the initiative and just kisses him straight up. She kisses him. Yeah. 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 And Axum says, yes, we were in a romantic uh, relationship for six memorable years, he says. Yeah. I didn't know. After the kiss, when she moved back, it yes. almost seemed like she was absolutely disgusted. I mean, just the way she played that, she was like... We were more than friends, weren't we? Why didn't you tell? I, I don't know. Maybe she felt betrayed. Maybe that's what she was playing. But it was, uh, it I don't was know. an interesting I, choice. I, I, feel. I feel like the whole idea of her, because she once she realizes that they were romantically Lovers. involved, she's yeah. like, none of that anymore. No. I, and I don't understand it's, why she would have that attitude. It, wouldn't that's she be my... more, more curious about yes! what, what kind of relationship do we have? Yes, because we learn yeah. later that it's it was a... <laughs> Well, no, we learned later within seconds that this was a six-year-long relationship. Six yes. That's yeah. one more year. It's common law marriage. I mean, yeah. I'm like, what the okay. So I'm, yeah. I'm 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 maybe it's that she's angry that he left her. I mean, no, uh, that, angry that that he didn't say that right away. So now oh, she doesn't trust uh, him. right off the bat. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that before? Okay. Like, I'll why buy did that. I have to discover? I'll this? buy that. I'll buy that. Yeah. All right. She's uncomfortable because she says I should return to Voyager. Yep. And then Axum goes, Annika. And she says, my name is seven of nine. So she completely just. She's done. Out. She's like, yeah. I'm done. That's a I'm done with kissing scene. and I'm done with you. And I'm done with our relationship of six years plus yep. three that I've been on Voyager. So nine years that we've been together. She goes back to the alcove. She wakes up yeah. and you can see that she's a bit flustered. Very flustered. Very yeah. flustered in, yeah. in her alcove cargo mm -hmm. bay with mm -hmm. the hammers and recycling. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we go to a flyby of Voyager, cut inside to engineering, and uh, the captain's in there. Everybody's in there. By the way, Neelix Why are we is in there? there? Why aren't we on the bridge? I don't know. I Why don't... is Neelix there? Wait, Neelix was in there? He's there. He Does says he say nothing. anything? I don't oh. think he says anything this was whole Was he next episode. to everybody? I don't even remember he, seeing him. He popped in in a couple of shots. I was like, oh my God, why is Neelix here? Um, That's so weird. It was kind of weird. But the yeah, doctor okay. does say that, you know, can't you find something easier than this tactical <laughs> or are we don't we see a little little graphic on the on the yeah, uh, it looks pretty. Yeah, we, it looks a little hardcore. Yeah, it looks like, hardcore. Like, why it looks are cool. we? Yeah. Yeah. Doctor's like, can't we do something easier, like a sphere or something else? <laughs> but Janeway, you know, basically says, no, we're, we're going to do this. I'm going to beam over there. I'm going to release yeah. the virus. Yeah. And uh, Seven well, says, I should go. Yeah. And and the captain's like, no, I'm nope. going to do this. Tuvok pipes in. He says, uh, you know, directive, tactical directive 36 <laughs> says the captain cannot place him or herself in a dangerous situation without being accompanied by a security officer. <laughs> tactical directive 36. Therefore, he's got to come along. And Torres says, right. well, uh, uh, not you'll just need an engineer in there. Yes, is you'll, what she says. You'll need an engineer because Starfleet Tactical Directive 36A A. <laughs> says that you need an engineer. And Paris is like, there is no 
36 a that doesn't exist yeah and doris is like there is now i like that she's making things up because it feels like paris is rubbing off on her like <laughs> there you go his i like of, that yeah his, his little kind of brand like of uh, bending li- the rules life, and yeah making stuff the up seat of your pants is now rubbing oh, off on his lady yes. okay okay yes. <laughs> but Janeway declines. She goes, look, you know, I, I, I don't need anybody here. You guys have to stay here. You have your mm-hmm. orders. Set a course, Mr. Paris. So now we and have she a nice- takes off. Yeah, she's Chakotay, out. Chakotay follows her out. Yep. We and... go out in the hall next and they're yep. walking and talking. And he says, yep. you know, I know I told you I supported you, but it's not necessarily unconditional. Correct. Yeah. That if you want to do this, you're going to have to take Tuvok uh, and Torres along with you. Mm-hmm. And Jamie says, know, and if I don't, that's when Chicote says, well, then I can still pull a few strings as first officer. I could, I could persuade the doctor the to doctor? say that you're medically <clears throat> not fit to uh, perform this, yep. this mission. And Jamie was like, well, you know, I was hoping for your unconditional support. And Chicote says, well, this is the best that I can do. And Jamie was mm-hmm. like, fine, I'll take it. So we have a nice little another JC moment where they have a little bit of an argument, but they, they pull it back together. So they they're, do. They're, they're it's a nice, such a good team. Good team. I love it. Oh, and she has that funny line. Tell them to pack light. So, oh, yeah. Tell them. Pa- funny oh. line from Braga and Minoski there. I like it. That was nice. Tell them pack light. And then the lights flicker in the hall. Oh, that's, that's right. That's when right. We cut, that's when happened. we cut to the bridge. Yes. Harry's in the captain's chair. There you go. Again. I can't get promoted, but at least I'll be in the captain's chair. Yes, you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, he says there's some kind of uh, signal, some kind of unknown transport. Well, someone's signal. trying to tap into the main computer is what I said. Yeah, so. trying to tap into the main computer. Yeah. And then the lights on Harry kind of go greenish. So we know that's board green. So you, I love it. So you see the last word on the bridge of Carrie. He's like, Captain. And then it cuts over and it's off camera. And he's like, I, uh, what does he say? I think uh, it's for you. Yeah, I think it's for you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So Janeway shows up on the bridge and yep. now we see it's the board queen and they have their yes. little tete a tete back and forth yeah, they where... sort of it feels like they're negotiating a little the, the yeah. queen honestly makes a very generous offer she's like she does i'll help you guys get back you know i know you've been in touch with starfleet already so yeah i can help you with transport uh, technology to get yeah. back home. i think it's a very generous offer and she also tries to call janeway on the fact that she knows janeway's up to something and yeah. janeway's playing very coy she's like no no i'm not really doing anything i'm fine yeah I'm good. And and the board queen says, you know, stay out of things that don't concern you. This right. is not your business. And she <laughs> says, you know, if you don't take this offer, I may not be so accommodating next time. So it's a very threatening. It's like the bosses of, of two mafia families that's talking oh, yeah. to each other right now. Do not come into my territory. Do not try to do business in my area. You mm-hmm. just, you know, just get out, get out. And, and then, then she, she has that, yeah, you want to say that little comment at the end, which I was like, what is this about? Where she says to Harry, I'll we'll see, see you soon, soon, Harry. Not I will. She just will see you. We'll soon, see you Harry. soon, Harry. Very creepy. Which I guess is just about like taking the most innocent character on the bridge in that moment and threatening the most. Not that he's the most vulnerable, but you know what I mean? Uh, Harry sort of represents like... Like the captain's, you the know, captain's kid, kid in a way. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to take your youngling and mess with them, you know, yeah. if you mess with my people. Yeah, exactly. But then I kept thinking, man, this this would have been... This is an untied... Uh, this is a loose end that's never been tied, that comment, no. you know? And I, I also feel like this could be... 
this could be something that could have got led into a future spinoff of any or something, you know, it could have been, yeah. this could have been the, the, the launching point of a Voyager film. If they filmed one a year after we wrapped, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so many weird little comments like this. So yep. I don't know if I, did you think I reacted appropriately for that? Yeah, or did. did you think that I should have been more freaked out? Like, should I no. be like, what the, what does she mean by that? Why? Should I have been like, oh, like just shocked? No, or I you're okay good. with the word? Okay, I was good. good. I was, this was a good scene. I All like right. this. All right, let's move on. We go to the Delta Flyer next. Paris yeah. is helping get it ready with uh, Bellana there. He says, That's right. Uh, They're in the cockpit. Says, yeah. uh, watch out for those starboard plasma injectors. They run a little hot. He's kind of yeah. basically going over all the details. And she's like, you're very meticulous. Like, I've never seen you quite so <laughs> meticulous about all the details. And he says, well, it's because you volunteered for this insane mission. So he's yeah. worried about her. Yeah. And he even says, well, you know, I maybe I could just sabotage the, you know, the flyer so you can't go. And yeah. she goes, well, then I'd have to put you on report and you might lose that new pip. Yeah. And he, I, th I like this moment. He's very sweetly, he says, a small price to pay. It is a sweet moment. It's sweet. But all I could think about when you were in that staging of where you're standing, you were right there on her back. And it reminded me of that scene when you guys got the oh. TV and, and she, she was, was on your back. back. Yeah, and you and were I like, was like panic sweating. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I was thinking, man, <laughs> maybe she was panic her, sweating. She right. might have been. So, you know, you were right there. Like her hair was on your face practically. And yeah. I just made me think of you panic. Uh, panicking about her being on your back. I'm wondering I don't if she mind was doing if I'm the thing. one hovering over somebody. I just don't <laughs> want anybody. You don't want to be hovered over. over. Okay. No. So you can be the hoverer, yeah, but not the hoveree is what nope. you're saying. Agreed. But that's that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh we go back to the bridge. We see the cube on screen now, this tactical yeah. cube. Janeway's yeah. getting ready to leave. Yeah. Um Chicote says, is there anything while you're gone? Is there anything you want done? I could uh you know recalibrate the gravity plating, uh clean the carpets maybe. Good job, Joe Manoski, Brandon Braga. Very funny. It's very cute. It's cute. This and is I a nice like... JC moment. This is a JC moment. This really is. Because Chicote has a hard time talking about his feelings. So yeah, but they gonna... hold hands in this scene. Good grief. She what offers is... her hand out. They and, hold hands. And it isn't a handshake. Major They're holding moment. hands like a couple. It's like, yes, they are. excuse me, what captain on a naval ship is going to sit there and hold hands with their F with their FO? No, Agreed. none. Hello. Agreed. JC's Agreed. rejoice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we go to Unimatrix Zero. Uh, Seven is there, basically filling them in on what, what the captain's doing and mm -hmm. telling them that they're going to have to behave like drones when they wake up. Yeah, you can't, can't act all like yeah, discombobulated, or you're gonna get yeah. caught. Yeah, it's gonna be disorienting, but you gotta mm -hmm. stay like play the part. Yeah, and Axum says yes, you know, just gather tactical data, yeah, um, weapon systems data, anything you can, and then we'll all meet back here mm -hmm. to coordinate our next move. And he also says, and and uh, if everything goes well, we'll be working very closely together, like they're gonna you know, bond as, as a unit. Yeah. Basically. He's now that it's out yeah. there, he's like, okay, let's go back to our romance. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, nope, nope, we're going to work as colleagues only nothing more. Yeah. And, and that's, she even uh, says our previous friendship is irrelevant. Yeah. And that, and he's, a, he's like the scorned lover here. He's yeah, like he's, irrelevant. Well, now that I'll be able to retain my memory, I'll keep that in my mind. And he walks yeah. away pissed. He's not yeah. happy at all. He's like, yeah. okay, I spent six years with you every day for six years. And this yep. is how you treat me. We go out to space. Uh, the cube flies by. And then we see it's in battle with Voyager. Voyager's yeah. firing on this tactical 
um, cube. Yeah. And we cut to the bridge. Uh, Chakotay's there in the captain's seat. Um, yeah. I'm and, yelling a lot in here. I, was, I wasn't was happy with my volume, by the way. Oh, I like the intensity of this. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I like this a lot. From right. I mean, Chakotay and you and me, all of us, I thought we okay. were pretty yeah. intense in a good way. Yeah. We're fighting away. We do hit one of their shield generators and get it. Uh, create some fluctuation in their yeah. shield generator. Yeah, because the um, whole goal is to be able to beam into that cube. So that's why we're yep. doing this. Yeah, The flyer moves into position now. And inside the flyer, we see this battle. They're looking out of their window. So they're yeah. hiding off in the distance, waiting for the opportunity. Right. But Janeway's watching this battle. Voyager's just going at it with the mm -hmm. cube. Mm -hmm. And Tuvok does uh, detect that the ventral axis, their secondary emitter, has been damaged. And so Janeway says... Cut primary power, thrusters only. So we're basically going to like quietly head towards this cube. Like an electric vehicle. Yes, very quiet. Like a Prius. Like a and Tesla. Yes. Okay. And we go inside the cube, uh, back to the Borgs, uh, mm -hmm. the Queen's lair, I guess. And the Queen detects that the tactical cube is under attack. She pulls it up on her view screen. Mm-hmm. We go back to the bridge. The the flyer is getting within transporter range. We learn we're still hitting, you know, distracting firing them, firing at them, yeah, mm -hmm. firing at them. Back to the queen's lair, and she's watching, and she's like, she sees she says, the flyer. She sees it off in the side, like yeah. she's smart. Yeah, she says, um, what does she say? She, she says, says, Captain, I expected something more cunning from you. Yeah, that's what she says. Yeah. Yeah. Inside the flyer, Torres is is getting ready. She's like, it's time. You see everyone all gearing up. They're all holding phaser rifles. Janeway says, what about their ventral shield grid? Tuvok says it's still fluctuating at a rate of 0 0.06 terahertz. So Janeway says, align our transporters to match. So now we know what's happening. They're going to do this little secret beam in. This little secret yeah. beam in between <clears throat> this fluctuation and back on the bridge, Chakotay and the team realize that the Borg have, you know, the queen has now detected them. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, we go out to space and we see the cube now fires at the Delta flyer and they blow up my ship. They blow it up. Thinking about like what Tom was thinking at this moment. He's like, not them. the flyer. Couldn't you have taken any other shuttle in our Anything. shuttle bay yes. other than the flyer? And yes. use that, but no, the flyer. Yeah. And it actually hurt watching the flyer get blown to bits. It just, yeah. it was painful. Yeah, very it sad. Bad. It was very sad. Um, but we do cut inside this uh, tactical cube hallway, and we see that the team has beamed in just in the nick of time. They just made before it before the flyer. Thank you. Uh, and then we go to the bridge, and uh, the doctor's on the bridge. I, I notice him for the first time because he says uh, they are inside, and we he's got to be. Wait, in the we bridge, don't see but... him. They don't establish him before this. They, this is the first know. time we see him. That's I don't so know. Weird. I didn't, didn't notice him before. That is so weird, but he's working he, on why the bridge, is he, he, but he doesn't even need to be there. He could have been in, 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 uh, yeah. The sick bay. In sick bay. Yeah. But he's there with I... us. It's the finale episode. All oh, right. They're going to have everybody over together. there. Yeah. Throw them all together. He's got he says, uh, there. they're inside. We have a big hit. Harry says direct hit to the yeah. port nacelle. We're venting plasma. Yeah. And Paris suggests maybe we should back off. Yeah. Chakotay says, no, stay close. Yeah. Chakotay wants to stay close. Yeah. We go inside the hallway again. The team is walking. Their weapons are ready. We cut to the queen. She's watching all this on a monitor. Yeah, two uh, drones come up on the party, the uh, the away team, yep. and they're they're taken out. They're knocked out. Two more come up. 
uh, behind Torres. Torres fires. Now it they're just adapting. Nothing. They've already adapted. Exactly. They're adapting. And... They keep coming. Mm-hmm. Now we go to space. Yeah. And Voyager flies by, and the cube is firing at it, and the cube hits the port nacelle, right. which you said three scenes earlier that they hit the port nacelle. That they had already hit it. Well, no, in I, this in this yeah. flyby, it hits our nacelle, and then we go back inside, and you say hull breach. So the Deco. visual effect does not match match the dialogue. Like Ooh, this visual effect when they hit the port in a cell should yeah. have happened before. before earlier. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Cause I say hold breach deck 11 and then you say they're targeting yes. our warp core, which is right. So now it's, yeah. it's a whole different part of the ship. They're not hitting oh, the yeah. cells, but Good we just catch, saw that we saw this. I, okay. and sometimes in editing, they will move scenes around to make, you know, it might've been scripted in a different order. Right. And they may have wow. moved things Good around catch. just to, just to build it. But sometimes those vis effects have been started before the editing is even done. Right. So they may have originally thought that vis effect out in space was going to happen before you said they've hit our port in a cell. Uh, and then they moved it. Okay. They just left the same vis effects. Yeah. There. Anyway, it was a it, little, yeah. little, little messy. Yeah. A little discrepancy yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we are back into the board cube. Yes. Uh, Janeway basically comes upon a force field. They have to take the long way around. But at that moment, Borg drones come through the force field and a big hand-to-hand combat scenes basically happens where we see one by one, our heroes fall to the drones and they They're all getting assimilated. assimilated. Yes. And see- this was not anything they talked about, right? This was mean? never like no, not before this. No, so no. we're you know the audience We've is never seen this. yeah. No, it, the audience is getting like, freaked out. This is the end of the the line here. All right? three if of them are getting this. assimilated. Yep. Okay, yes. so anyway, so we're back on the bridge. The doctor is there. That's when he says their life signs are destabilizing, mm-hmm. and we're thinking this is the end of the line. And Chicote says, "So far, so good. You can take us out of here now, Tom." And we're like, like, "What? This is part of the plan." I was like, wait a minute. I had to stop and go back. I was like, what? This was part of the plan. I know. So it cuts back and we see, well, first we see, yeah, Voyager takes ops, right? So Tom gets us out of there. They're out of there. there. Runs away. Runs for their life. Run away. And then we cut back interior inside the, uh, inside the board cube. And first we see, Borgified Tuvok. We see a yep. shot of Borgified Tuvok. And he then starts we see, marching along. Yep. Yeah. Then we see Borgified Torres, who, man, she looks good. As yeah, a she looked Borg. As a, she really as a Borg. does. She Of the three of the trio, she looked the best. She was the best. Yes. Yeah. And then you see Borgified Janeway, who doesn't look as good as Torres because there's some weird wrinkle. She looks like the human version of a Sharpay, like a Sharpay dog with wrinkles. Like there's a lot of extra wrinkles on here. Her eyes a little droopy. It doesn't look good, but Torres was a fashion model when it came to her Borg persona. Yeah. But it does push in on Janeway's close-up as a drone. And then her head head sort of snaps to one side. Yeah. And that's where we go out of the season. Yeah. The last thing we see is Sharpay Janeway drone. And then it's- Oh my God. That's the end of the episode. It's very- um, so far, so good, though. It's yeah. I, that, so now we're thinking, me. yeah, that, that was. But like, is what? this plan? Yeah. How are they? Well, gonna... I'm excited to see the sequel. That's for <sighs> sure. The uh, part two of this. Yeah. Um, the Matrix. They've got to go your... into the Matrix. Like, yeah. What is Jane, Janeway's going to be able to like go in the Matrix and like we're going to see human well, no, Janeway? The they can release, matrix. but now that they're Borgified, they can release the the nanovirus, right? That's yeah, the but goal. the nanovirus only only helps them remember it's not going to make her human again 
No, but it's to help all of them remember who they are so they can have a resistance. So yeah. that was the whole but, goal. But well, anyway, what, let's we'll see what yeah, happens. This is all conjecture right now. But so so let's I don't let's... think Janeway finished out season seven as a Borg. My memory. And I know I don't remember a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet money that we don't that Janeway's and not you just see that aboard. all of season seven is seven of nine trying to rehabilitate Captain Janeway yeah. as a board, trying to get ah, her to be more human. The tables have turned. Ah, yes, they have. So what is your lesson from part one? Is there a lesson for this you? This was a hard one here? for me. It was a it was a very action-oriented, it was not a philosophical morality tale mm-hmm. to me, as 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 much as some of our episodes. But I guess the one thing I took away from this is like sometimes doing the right thing for the greater good is more important than your own personal interests. Like Janeway was willing to, you know, put at risk herself clearly. And even the, her crew, because she thought the greater good, the tens of thousands of Mm -hmm. Borg that could be saved uh, and, and the future of potentially saving others from being assimilated, it was worth the risk. So sometimes doing the right thing is worth the risk your own hmm. personal risk. That's my moral. What about I like you? that. I like that. I think I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Because I, I got nothing else. Yeah. The more that I think about that, it's just, yeah. Doing the right thing, even though it's, even though it, it's the road less chosen, you know, it's the, yeah. un, it's the unpopular choice. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, you're, you're basically going in to do something, <laughs> that you know jamie could have easily said you know what too bad for those board we're out of here but she really yeah. did for the greater good of the universe <laughs> she yeah. went uh, went ahead and took on this uh gargantuan task of uh yeah. trying to help out these ailing and um you know individual borgs as 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 i would see it or describe yeah. it but yeah you're right um the greater good i, I do like that uh theme and that lesson okay What's your rating? I'm going to give this a, I'll give it an 8.3. Ooh. I'll give it. Yeah. Because okay. the, you know, I, I like the storyline. I pretty much for yeah. the most part, still very, very unsure how Axum how? brought her into Unimatrix Zero to begin with. Yeah. But if I'm going to ignore all that, I'm going to go with an eight something rating for this. Okay. One. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go a little lower. I feel like there's some holes in the logic of yeah. things with this yeah. virtual reality. And Seven's abilities to connect or sudden abilities to magically connect to them. Yep. Um, I'm I'm going to give this a 7.8. What if you had no, what if you ignored all the holes in logic? What would your- 7.9. Oh, you only give it a 0.01 difference between the two. Okay. It's not just that. It's just that, I mean, Neelix didn't say a word in this episode. Ah, yeah. And and yeah. Paris getting promoted made no sense to me. I as okay. happy as I am that whatever I guess that Paris gets a promotion, it feels like a wasted opportunity. That if you're going to do that, do it off of something that matters, not just randomly at the beginning of an episode for no reason, no reason. I'm going to revise my rating. I'm going to eight point one. I'm going to drop okay. it point two point point oh two. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a good fundamental setup for another season it leaves us on a big cliffhanger in a good way but mm. the ride didn't have enough highs and lows for me and had too many holes so 7.8 i'm going back to a 7.8 all right well don't keep us waiting what is okay. the admiral oh, yeah. and captain group rating average rating for Ooh. unimatrix zero part one 
I was going to lower it one more, but I didn't. 7.7. 7. Wait, 7. Hmm. I was 7.8, right? Yeah. 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 I, th- I think that's a, I, that that's makes a sense. 7.7. 7. Yeah. Okay. There you okay. go. All, all right. right. There we go. Cool. We got, we got morals and themes and we got it all. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in to our recap and discussion of Unimatrix Zero part one and join Robbie and I when we watch the part two of this episode, Unimatrix Zero part two. And we will have a recap and discussion of that sequel next week.